In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be comfortable. This one truly is the Savior of the world. Did y'all find that gospel reading longer than, uh, than usual? Yes. Really? Well, then you're really going to like the fact that I'm going to back up to include a couple of more verses. Because it starts at verse 5, but in verses 3 and 4, something uh, important happens to explain why Jesus is in Samaria. Do you know why Jesus is in Samaria? Because he had to go there. No, listen, I know. Listen to this. In John um, 4, verses 3 and 4, he writes, Jesus left Judea and started back to Galilee, but he had to go through Samaria. He had to. Now, I, the reason I bring this up is because I was at a clergy conference and Dr. Caroline Lewis, who, who specializes in the Gospel of John, pointed this out. She said, why did he have to go to Samaria? Did he have to go through Samaria to get from Judea up to the Galilee? No, he didn't. He didn't have to go through Samaria in, in the way that, like, to get to Baton Rouge, you have to go through Kenner. Or in the, in the way that you have to go through Atlanta if you're flying Delta. I was hoping I'd get a laugh. Um, so, but he did, because John says here, he had to go through Samaria. Why? Why did he have to go through Samaria? Well, there is an answer, but I got to warn you, the answer will take us even further back into John's gospel. You got time? Some people are at home. They probably have time. Okay, so do you remember back in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17? You know those verses. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 17. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that's so that the world may be saved through him. Jesus had to go to Samaria, you see, to demonstrate who's included in this world. He had to go there. He had to go to Samaria to demonstrate the extremes of God's love for the world. He, Jesus had to explain that the world that God loves includes even the Samaritans. The world that God does not condemn includes the Samaritans. The world that God longs to save includes all those who seem impossibly unclean, impure, or unworthy of that love. Even the Samaritans. Jesus had to go through Samaria because that's where the Samaritans were. He had to. Now as we, we hear this gospel, the contrast between Jesus and his counterpart at the well couldn't be more extreme and dramatic. He is Jewish. Jewish, she is Samaritan. Sworn enemies. Samaritans weren't only theologically dodgy. They were considered unclean, impure, dirty in a way that would be spiritually contagious. That's why John offers that helpful reminder. Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. No, to say the least. 
But in addition to being Jewish and Samaritan, they're also man and woman, male and female. Again, not that women were considered ritually unclean automatically, but the first century holiness codes, yeah, certainly they were more likely to be so. And she comes to the well at what time? Noon. When no one else is around. That's not usual well hours. And we soon find out why. She has had five husbands. And the man she's currently with is not her husband. That's not so much scandalous as it is tragic. Maybe she's buried five husbands. Maybe she's been sent away, dismissed, divorced by five husbands, possibly because she couldn't bear children. She, such was the prerogative of men of that day. And yet, without a husband or a son, there would be no one to provide for her. There was a reason she was shunned by her own community. So not only was Jesus a man not supposed to be talking to a woman, not only was this Jewish man not supposed to be talking to this Samaritan woman, but she is an outcast of the outcasts. The most impure, unclean, and unholy of them all. Jesus initiates conversation. Jesus reaches out to her. Jesus offers her living water and transformational relationship. That's the breadth and depth of God's love for the world. Yeah, Jesus had to go there. That's who's included in this world that God loves. Jesus had to go there to demonstrate that. Marcus Borg calls this um, Jesus' alternative social vision, a community shaped not by the ethos and politics of purity, but by the ethos and politics of compassion. He goes on to say that whereas purity kind of divides and excludes, compassion unites and includes. In Jesus' teaching in table fellowship and in the shape of his movement, the purity system of his day was subverted and an alternative social vision affirmed. The politics of purity was replaced by the politics of compassion. Do you see that? in Jesus' interaction with this outcast of the outcasts. But I want to be clear, this is really important more than ever, that this is not a Jewish problem. This ethos of purity, this obsession with purity and its power to divide and exclude, to decide who is in and who is out, to categorize who is, is worth our time, money, attention, resources, is alive and well in 21st century Christianity too, isn't it? We can remember how we treated those suffering with AIDS not too long ago. We can look today at how we treat people who are suffering addiction or homelessness. So we too have to go to Samaria. We have to go there. As followers of Jesus, we must Replace a politics of purity with a politics of compassion. Now is the time for God so loved 
this world and all the people in it. Now is the time. I heard a story this week. I didn't read it. I heard it from someone else, so it's secondhand, undocumented, about an Asian man who was having an asthma attack on a public street. And no one came to his aid. Probably assuming, right, that he was from China. Might have been, probably was, carrying the coronavirus. So they didn't help him. I'm reminded of a colleague from Liberia whose mother living in Liberia, coming home from the market, fell and broke her hip and crumpled on the ground and lay there for hours because people thought she had Ebola and wouldn't come and help her. Those are extreme examples, I understand. But an ethos based on compassion rather than purity will lead us to ask questions like, what can be done rather than do they deserve for it to be done? When we emphasize compassion, we reach out to include rather than exclude, to unite rather than divide. This is precisely the way that God loves the world. This is how we follow this way of Jesus' love. Are we ready to go there? The coming weeks will give us ample opportunity to both be aware of an ethos of purity as well as practicing the way of compassion. It may mean sharing that toilet paper and hand sanitizer I know you've been stockpiling. It may mean sharing it even with those who didn't plan ahead. For others, it may mean sharing meals with those who can't provide for themselves, neighbors who never so much as said good morning to you before. It may mean praying for those in authority even though we didn't vote for them. But we have to go there. We have to go to a region that is beyond our normal zone of travel. To a land we never intended to go. To a place that Christ knows will be unfamiliar and uncomfortable to us. And there, in that place, we will meet him. For he had to go there. And so do we.